It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 161B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan, reminding you that we can now be found on YouTube. Go to THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, and just look it up, Tales with TR. We've been on for about two months and uh, going pretty strong. Hmm. And today, let's get right into it. My guest... Former first-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens, 94. 330 games in the National Hockey League. Now lives in Ottawa. Coaches hockey, raising a family. My good friend, Brad Brown. Brad, how you doing? What's up, Pierre? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So you're 15 years now out of the game. You retired 2008-2009 after uh, a successful hockey career, to say the least. And now you're coaching. Do you find uh, you got a couple of sons in hockey, right? You got three kids overall, and two of them are playing hockey. Yep, I got a I got a 20 year old who's playing junior A for the Smith Falls Bears. Yeah, and then I 11 or actually turning 12 next week. I have a 12 year old who plays hockey. So I have a whole new, a whole another cycle of hockey of you know all the tournaments and everything. Do you but, ever? But it, you know what? We love it. It keeps you young. You know, hockey sports keeps you young going to the rinks, you know, and I find now as you get older here, me in Ottawa, most of my friends are, are hockey parents. Like, like that's my group. Cause we're together, you know, five days a week. Yeah. We're always going to tournament. So, so it's, it's a good time. 
So do you, when you say you coach, I know you do hockey schools. Do you also yeah. coach the, the, I don't no, know how you I, do it, club gonna, teams, travel teams? How do you do I it? Do, I do, I just do defense camps, mm. defense camps. And uh, during the year, I, I do sessions in the mornings before school, but I don't coach my kids. Like I'd rather go to the rink with a coffee in my hand and talk to the other parents and cheer on the kids and keep yeah. everyone cool and relaxed in the rink. That's the way I am. I'm, uh, so, I, I, I'm the same I way, buddy. Coaches coach, and I don't say I don't say a word to the coaching staff ever. I let Good. the coaches coach. I'm a big believer. It's up to the kids. The kids got to figure it out. Um, you know, you have some guys who are always, you know, chirping their coach or sending emails. I don't say a word. I just uh, sit back and I and I cheer on my own kids and and let them figure it out. That's a great attitude. I, I'm the same way. I I didn't know what I would be like as a parent. Like, you know, you never really know until you're in the city, but I'm the same way, Brownie. I'm like, you know, unless there's some problem, there never has been so far, like a problem outside of the actual game or something, yeah, exactly. but never, ever, ever. I like going to watch and, you know, I've come to realize there's so much. Now, politics is one thing. Politics is going to exist in sports. I mean, it's the way it goes, yeah. but you know, not the ref isn't always out to get you. The coach isn't always out to fuck over your kid. You know, it's yeah. just it, you can look at these things either like defensive and cynical or just open your mind. Let things go. The kid's going to grow up one way or the other. And yeah. he or she is going to, you know, re, unless they have some coach that's really trying to put them down. And that's not usually the case. right? Exactly. And, you know, and I always tell people like I tell parents, like nothing you say to little Johnny in the car after the game is going to make him make him a better player nothing it's going to put him over the top yeah. you know you can talk about maybe trying hard like just try hard it could be, be a good good player that way but if you start talking about details of the game <laughs> like nothing you say is going to make your kid a better player just especially just, right after right, right after too when i try to say nothing within an hour at least you know and yeah, even I, then i swear to you i'm not if penny lane asks me something and i can help <laughs> her fine even if I see something's going on, I'll be like, well, you know, just try to be nice about it, but never yeah, yeah. like you should have done that. Never, ever, yeah, ever. Yeah. I, I almost feel bad doing that. I don't, you know, but some parents, I guess, want to take control, right? We, maybe we got it out of our system, Brownie, because we played pro. I think a lot of parents are almost living through the kid. I, I'm just guessing, yeah. but I don't know. Yes, Yeah. Some are, some are. Yeah. But yeah, but some just, we've been through it all. Right. Cause we've been through like me and you were, I'm, like, I know you were for sure. You were, up, like you were the man from Newfoundland, yeah. right? You're, you're like the, you're the big fish in this, you know, small pond. Yeah. You've seen it all. You've seen all the after game, you know, jealous parents or whatever. I always trying to attack Terry Ryan. Cause you know, oh, yeah. so you know it all. So now you have that experience to pass it on to your, you know, to yeah, no, you, you, you've got it. I mean, you, you live and you learn our, uh, you know, our experience and our, personality our whole selves it's always changing you're always learning but mm -hmm. um i think there's so much good in sports that you know it's an experience and where we we got right to the top i think that we have a little advantage seeing what we're like you don't get there by being cynical lazy um you know uninspired unfocused all those things if you are which we were you know, yeah. and, and you end up seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly in not only the game, but I think sports in general. So it's much easier to lend advice, not so much coach, but for sure advice. For, for That's at least what I found. Even, Brownie, when it comes down to billets, 
these kids here are moving away. It's a big thing, right? Like to move away. And that's mm. the first thing I tell the parents here. I'm like, well, first of all, get a good billet because that's where he's going to be or she for the entire year. That's number one. Where Before we start talking about breakouts or like power plays or Michigan's, we got to, you know what I mean? There's so much that goes into it. And by the way, how did your, because you were in North Bay for four years, right? In junior. Yeah. How did that yeah. experience go with your billets? I never asked you that. It went well. I, 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 I had two, uh, two great families there. Um, I had no problems. I'm, uh, I'm low maintenance. You know, I, I'm very low maintenance. And I, bet, yeah. I just, no, they're, they're good. And, I, you know, I still keep in touch with them here and there. Speaking of, speaking of, I never looked at your team list. Uh, well, I must have back in the day, Brownie, but we didn't really have, I, I got all my knowledge from the hockey news and yeah. I forgot. I just got to mention a guy that I've never mentioned and he's, he's passed away now. I noticed him in the minors and he was a fantastic player. I used to go, how did this guy not get further? And he played with you, John Spoltor. Yeah. John Spoltor. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Wasn't he? Well, you just look at his stats. You go on hockey TV and see his stats. Like he was, he was a wizard out there. He was like a little Wayne Gretzky. Like he. I was yeah. 15, 16. He was, it was my underage year. He was, he was a 20 year old and he just dominated the OHL. But back then I, you know, it was all about size and size and, uh, his, his, his well, he looked slow, but, but he was a, he was a genius on the ice and he was a great guy too. I, I remember him. He always liked to like, you know, some 20 year olds in junior don't talk to the young guys. Yeah, but he always came around, and 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 I remember this as a sixteen-year-old kid coming after a game. Hey, Brownie, what's up? You know how you feeling? And he always had the door open for me to talk to him, talk to him. And he and he always had a beer. Like after a game, he was twenty-year-old. We're at yeah. we're at we're at uh, Kelsey's. He always had a beer. He's like, Brownie, you can't have this beer. This is my beer, right? But he's a good guy. And unfortunately, he passed away from cancer. Cancer. Yeah, yeah. Old. I it really shook me. I remember uh, that happening, and I I kind of forgot about it. But, but he was real he was good. Playing. I remember uh, yeah. playing. What's that? He had one story where he was playing in the East Coast League, and he got called up to Providence in an AHL, and I think he was like top three in scoring in the playoffs and won a Calder Cup in the AHL. And then you no know, one, Johnny. Johnny's like, you know what? I'm done with that. You, you know, I'm going back to the coast or wherever he was playing somewhere somewhere south. Well, a good time because that's the guy when I was. played against him. Brown, he was playing in San Diego getting all kinds of money under the table. I'm thinking the best players down in those places, you, like on my team, I played in uh, Colorado. Where did I play in the coast? Colorado Springs, uh, Boise, Idaho. That was great. Cincinnati and Orlando. And there was guys, at least three on each on each team that were making far more than they yeah. would have been. Well, than I was making in the A. We made good money. I think it was 67 U.S., right? I was making almost 100 Canadian. But what would happen down there, the boys would get their down payment on a place, right? Because yeah. they pay for your rent in those. So they give them 10 or 15 grand a down payment. Now we'll pay for your mortgage, not your rent. We're going to pay for your mortgage. And we'll yeah. give you 1000 on the cap, 1000 under the cap, right? Being, for those that don't know, there's a salary, a weekly salary cap that you had to come in under. So you could, that was my deal. Give me 1000 bucks a week. Now give me 1000 cash pay for my groceries, pay for my gas. It was almost the same as I was making up there. And for a lot of yeah. people, it was more. Yeah. And Spoltor, by the way, was a phenomenal player. And I it, I noticed that the first time I ever played against him and uh, we went out to a bar, I think it was called Chilkoots in San Diego, I think. And anyway, um, 
we had a great night. I'm glad that that happened before he passed. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize that you played with him. Um, and speaking of, so you go from Mississauga to mm-hmm. North Bay, which is small town, I guess not tiny town, but it's definitely remote town, Canada. City, but still, you know what I mean? You're, it's, it's a little bit isolated, yeah, especially yeah. in the OHL where most teams are a hop, skip, and a jump, right? You can go a half hour and go to like, unlike the WHL or yeah. North Bay, you know, you'd be on Kitchener Rangers. You don't have to go two hours for most of your road trips. So how was that experience? Like the, the city of North Bay itself and to be there f- for three to four years with a nucleus of players that you went through that together. I mean, was it humbling? Was it different moving away from home? Were you homesick or was it a nice refreshing break from big city life? No, you know, I I liked it. Like I love the Northern cities. Like I I love the, 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 that feel of, you know, Thursday night, Sunday night home games where it it, it means something. You can play a lot of OHL cities where like in Mississauga, for instance, like not a lot of fans there. And it's it's such a big, big city and, and the Leafs suck up all the attention for hockey. When you go up north to the Sioux or North Bay or Sudbury, like it's it's, it's your show. And I, I, I like that feeling of going to a, yeah. to a town where we were the main attraction. And so I like, I enjoy it. I will never change that, you know, for, for, for anything. We, um, we shoot, Shorzy, as you know, up in Sudbury. And it is, it's a different yeah, flavor. It reminded me of going into like Prince Albert or yeah. like I, I've been to lots of OHL games. I hadn't been to any up around there. It was all, all of them were in and around Toronto whenever I was there. Now let's go see a game. Probably been yeah. a couple of dozen over my lifetime, but never North Bay or Sudbury. And it's a great, it was totally different up in Sudbury. It was like, you know, game day. Everybody kind of felt it. The rink yeah. filled up, especially during the playoffs. We watched their playoff run against Peterborough. I got to say, it, um, it really reminded me of the what, what I loved about junior hockey. You know, there is something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. And Brownie, I never realized this till I glanced today. Big year, 94-95, man. 64 games. Eight goals, 38 assists, 46 points, 172 minutes. I forgot that you – I don't want to say forgot. You were a stay-at-home defenseman. I know you were real tough, and often that lasts the test of time on YouTube and everything else, but I say to people, there was no defenseman in that era that – you know, you couldn't play defense and be a t- – so don't use the word goon or, like, tough guy, quote-unquote, when you're talking about these D because you actually had to play the game. But I forgot yeah. that you had that offensive awareness because you never really played on the power play in Freddie. So when you were playing there, when you were going into pro, was that your aspiration to be a, a, a an offensive guy? Or did you know that, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the NHL going to be a stay-at-home guy that used my strengths in the corners, drop the mitts the odd time? Or were you thinking, you know, I might get 50 points up top? No, you know, I didn't. At the time, I was like you, Terry. I I had no friggin' clue, right? What I was gonna be. I you know I wasn't like the kids now. They know and they're they've been yeah. They, they yeah. Skills coaches and they're all they're getting. I had no clue. I just know when I played in North Bay that year, and as everyone knows, any hockey player knows, if a coach likes you, you're in a good spot, right? And I had yeah. a coach, Bert Templeton, who coached me. And and he loved me, and I, I I loved him. He was he was great for great to me, but I played power play. Every time there was a power play, Brownie, you're up. Like that yeah. helps. If you don't play power play, 
you don't get any points, especially for me, for my like, team, man, for sure. Him. But I'm out there on the power play. I, I move the puck once to my partner. He shoots scores. I get an assist. That is because yeah. you're on the power play. So if, the, 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 this is unrelated, but do you follow like the NHL now at all? Like, do you? I will. Yeah, I, I'm like a fan. Like living in Ottawa, okay. now, I follow Ottawa, and, and I always like Toronto because I'm I grew up in Mississauga, so I'm always a Leaf fan too. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not like uh, I don't study the game, but I, I watch all the highlights every night or morning when I wake up. But, well, uh, it's it's funny because so I'm just thinking of certain guys in certain situations because it's not always this static or like say right now Willie Nylander is waiting for a contract. I think yeah. he wants nine or ten, and you'd think it's a little high when Timo Meyer is similar, but just just went I, I think to Jersey for seven point whatever. Um, there's a couple of it. So anyway, there's always these nuances, but no one's the same player. But I look yeah. at Evan Bouchard out in, you know, he's a right-hand shooting defenseman out in Edmonton. And his yeah. first, I mean, he struggled for a bit. If you want to call that struggling, I think he was a first-round pick world junior. I just covered the Oilers last year a lot with Ryan Rashog and Jason Strudwick. So okay. I watched all the games. And when Tyson Barry got traded and he jumped into that first power play slot, right-hand, he really blossomed, I thought. I mean, it was a different player at the end. Now, he's up for contract, I think now. Well, he's okay, got this here, just like Matthews and Nylander say. But he's up. Yeah. Now, it's funny because he's he's playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl. So just just being there, just being on that power play, which is the deadliest in like 35 years. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the biggest. So you know he might get 65 assists, yeah. right? And he's pretty good. Now, I don't know that he would do whatever he's going to fucking do now with Columbus. Uh, m maybe, but maybe not. But sometimes, you know, and but this might be worth an extra like fucking three, four yeah. million a year. To That's why That's why you see players who are UFAs, they might take a one-year deal to go to Edmonton for a year to get yeah. their stats up. And then they're going to resign the following year. Exactly like, that's, that's where I was going. I was, yeah. yes, I was thinking like, if you're using the same logic, if you got like, if, if you can, you're right there, you're a free agent and someone wants you for a year or two, why not pick that situation where, you know, I mean, if you're on Edmonton, you, you're going to make 15 breakout passes a year and you're going to get assists on all of them. Like, you know, like. Exactly. Or, I mean, you're going to, sorry, you're going to make a lot of breakout passes. You'll end up getting 15 assists. Yeah. Um, look at the legends that you played with, dude. I looked at your teams. I was always a big supporter. So I always knew your stats. I knew where you played. But as time goes by, you forget these names that were just, you know, everyday guys that everybody spoke about, water cooler talk. And now they're kind of fading. But Chicago, say, one yeah. year, Probert. Amante, Jamnoff, Gilmore, Chelios, Olchik, Manson, yeah. and I've just started. You're coming in as a rookie. These two years later, Rangers, Leach, Nedved, Fleury, Messier, Graves, Richter, Kirk McLean, like Brownie. Were these guys like these are legends within the game, right? Legends. Were was that intimidating, or were these? I'm guessing, like, you're in a room with, like, Chelios, Gilmore. I mean, who takes the stage? Who's the alpha male? Yeah. Messier, yeah, yeah. Leach, Nedved, Fleury, Richter, Graves. So were these guys, 
were there egos like or did, did I mean there got to be egos did they all work together was it an intimidating experience or a learned experience where you what did you learn every day or were you intimidated I guess uh a bit of both you know I'm kind of a like when I was younger going into a room with with all the superstars I was a bit quiet and shy like I wasn't myself I just I, I stayed I, I looked for those other fifth sixth defense but yeah out uh dinner and night and all the big boys are going to like high-end places and all hey where are you guys going like the, the guys in my salary base where are you guys going oh let's go to uh let's go to uh ponderosa <laughs> or whatever right like yeah, I, yeah. I never fit in with the stars i but i was they're all friends and i'm we're all buddies but i never really like I, I can't say oh yeah me and messi are buddies or me and leech are buddies because i never when i was in new york it was kind of weird you had all the guys like back then i was making like lowest guy in the team salary so all the boys are living in new york city or somewhere for 10 12 grand a, a month and i'm like fuck that i'm not going i can't afford that i'm going somewhere yeah. to look at house hey. so, but i i enjoyed it like i always say uh, like messier was like he's everything you always heard about messier being a good guy being a leader when i was there in new york he came in from vancouver i think it was Sather's first year back in new york and he got a contract like Obviously, he wasn't the same player that we saw growing up as a kid, like just a, yeah. an animal killer, one to like no one fuck with him, like whatever. Like he was, I would say, 37 years old, probably. Yeah. He, was, he was older. So, and the team was terrible. Like it was, it was a bad constructed team. So we lost a lot, but he was never, uh, he was never a, an asshole. He was never down. He was always positive. I remember. Was that favorite player you ever played with or best player you played with? And I would say the best player I ever played with, obviously I played with Messier, Hall of Famer, but he wasn't in his prime. But the best player I played with in his prime was Flurry in New York. So that one year in New York there, if you look at Flurry's stats, he only had, I think he only played 60 games that year because he got suspended the last 20 games a year because uh, he was, you know, he, he had a drug problem, so he couldn't yeah. do any drugs. He was always getting tested for drugs or alcohol. Yeah. And it's, I think it's in his book, but uh, that year he was feisty. He can score. He was a playmaker. But I remember Theron, his, my last time at Theron Fleury, he was kicking ass all year. It was him and Sandy McCarthy living together, rooming together because yeah. they both had problems. But I remember we were, I, I want to say Phoenix, and Theo was first in the league in scoring. I, think, I remember that. He was first in the league in scoring. Yeah. And uh, you know, I always love Theo. He's a good guy, but I was never close with him on the team. But yeah. but he was at a bar in Phoenix, and we we look over, and and, and he was doing shots. He was doing shooters. And we're like, what the f is Theo wow. doing? Right? Yeah. Now, I, in that year, I had no idea because I I wasn't in his little circle of friends and on the team. But anyways, and that night in Phoenix, or I think it's Phoenix, but he he went off the wagon. And that was it. He was done. And that was the last time I saw Theo. And uh, wow. but but he was the best player I, I ever played with. Like for his prime was Theo and, and Antonio Monte were the two guys that when I was with them, they were like at the top of their game and they were fun to watch. I remember that. Uh, yeah, I remember Theo leading the league in scoring and then uh, having to I, I didn't realize it was suspension, whatever it was. I knew it was drug related. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, that's a good story, and and at least it's a good reminder because Theo's so political now that people free just take all that away, whether you agree or not, whatever. Just take it all away. 
Take that guys out of it all together. Take that mask off. And if you look at Theo Fleury as a hockey player, man, I, you know, in that era too, it wasn't easy to be small and get out there. And cause he was gritty, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like he'd fucking stick you too. He got, he worked for his room out there. Yeah. He was great. Well, I mean, that's why he was on team Canada. I believe they won an Olympic, right? Yeah. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50.00. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Proby, Bob Probert. I mean, I met him once, Brownie, and he seemed like a great, great guy, great person. I've heard only good things. What was it like to be in a rock locker room with a legend like that? He's one of my favorite people ever. He was a legend. He was probably one of the biggest guys. Where I, when I first met him, I was in awe. Because yeah. think about him when we were growing up playing in junior yeah, like, like the name Bob Probert, like there's no one other than like Bob Probert was the man. He was, he was the like, man. I try to tell people, I'm like, is this really a debate? People now, like, you know, that are like I, I played senior hockey with, say, a couple of years ago. And and they look back and they put all these guys in. And I'm going, wait, wait. But, you know, Probert was, the uh, you know, he's number one. Right. Like, I mean, let's just. Yeah. Oh, really? Was he? But I'd put, you know, Sandy McCarthy. And then there was Tony Twist. And I'm like, all really, really, really tough guys, right? And Domi and fucking, you can go down the list. Everybody, Manson, we talked to Rob Ray. We can go right down it. I'm taking nothing away from any of those guys. Each team had two or three back then. But I think even the guys I just mentioned, I think everybody, I mean, why would they go at him like that? Why was Domi so pumped to fight him? He was number one, right? I mean, with a bullet. I, I, I didn't remember that wrong. I think anybody from our era would say the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know what? And he's the greatest guy off the ice. <clears throat> and I, I, my thing with Proby, I always remember is Proby loved O'Doul's, you know, non-alcoholic beers. He liked yeah. to have a beer with the boys and just, just, just have a good time. But I, I with playing with Proby uh, for two years, I just remember like we're going on the road or going somewhere and the next up and coming tough guy always wanted to fight Proby. Always. You know? And I'm like, bro, we don't fight tonight. You're, you know, he was probably 35 when I was like 35. Like people don't realize when you're 35 years old and you're still fighting the league and you're fighting a 22 year old, it's not the same. Cause no. I always say like, like uh, any player, let's say a 22 year old wants to fight probably one night and probably 35. And I'm like, listen, probably would beat the shit out of you if he was 22 years old. Yeah. Like it's, it's like totally. So, 
all the guys always wanted to fight him and he always he always obliged. He always gave those guys a you know a chance to fight him. And you know what? He, he you know what he probably won, you know, eight out of ten times still at 35 years old. Yeah, and man. He's a great fighter, and he's just he was just uh, you know, and, and like you said, in his prime, he scored 30 goals one year. Scored 30, 30 goals, goals was an NHL all-star. I've often said player. see, to me, that's when the game Unfortunately for us, who were spunky guys that could play, I mean, you know, but we're first we're first round picks. I try to say to the people, I'm like, you know, you look at the bulk of fighting in that those years I was in the A. You know, a lot of people now they're tuning into Shores or Chicklets. They want to go back and see my history and who I played with. Yeah. I'm like, you know, me, Brownie, like Aaron Asham, like yeah. we were we were big picks. Like, you know, we we happened to be able to drop the gloves and we really cut our teeth in the early in the A. But we really like, you know, we weren't drafted because we could fight that just yeah. was a kind of result of the situation that we were in but when i have this conversation with my dad because he'll say you know in the 70s it was pretty crazy there was a lot of brawls and things but yeah it was you know like terry o'reilly could play stan jonathan i don't know larry robinson i'm thinking of the tough guys even david the hammer schultz had 25 one year chris nyland had 20 like but then all of a sudden in the late 80s night to contend with probert then all of a sudden the guys getting one shift a game come in, right? Then all yeah. of a sudden you're looking over at Tony Twist going, okay, this guy's either on the juice or like works out 15 hours a fucking day, one or the other, but he's bigger than me. He's going to eat me. Now I can't skate that well. If we got, if you know, if it's one-on-ones, I'll be pumped, but it's not one-on-ones. I'm out there and this guy's going to fucking put my orbital bone in the back yeah. of my fucking throat. And yeah. it started to be, so in our era specifically, almost to the fucking day, there was guys getting the one shift to go out, and I, I hate to use the word goon because even yeah, them, no, you had to have balance. You can't play in the NHL without balance if you're fighting, right? They yeah. all got balance, which means most of them. Darren Langdon got one shift a game. He ripped yeah. up minor hockey, but yeah. a lot of them, like you know what I mean. There, it, it, all of a sudden, your job was to get tapped and go out once a game, and, and it was never around, and it's not around now. It existed in the years that we played, and we were the kind of guys that would answer the bell, so we had to fight all of them, and it, it was... Um, quick question for you. Do, I remember when I was playing in the minors, it was my second year, you were in the NHL. You made the team that year, but you were hurt. Yeah. Okay? And I, I remember that I got called up, and I was just on a tear in the minors. I probably had about... 15 fights in the first two months like i was you had 108 penalty minutes in the first eight games i'll never forget that okay well anyways i got called with the montreal and i went to your house okay it was tucker was there yeah and chris murray was there chris murray was yeah. up with the big club so i get there like hey boys i'm pumped up i'm called up to the nhl and i i i, I felt tough. he's watching because we were playing st louis the next night i got called up for that game He's watching Tony Twist tapes on the VHS, and I'm like, I had no idea who Tony Twist was, but I'm watching tapes of Tony Twist, yeah. just fucking killing guys like in the WHL and and the the AHL, all all those old fights. I'm watching this, I'm like, holy god, that guy's tough. And Chris, is like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to study him. So I'm probably going to fight him tomorrow night. Yeah. Okay. And Mer Merch, all, yeah. What happens? Who fights him the next night? Oh god. Not Chris. I did. I, I was so pissed off because I was like. I was like a Mike Tyson opponent back in the day. Like I was defeated before the fight even happened. Cause I'm like, how I mean, did I Brownie, how did that go? He was like, he was the one person course. Literally he pulled me aside and he goes, all that stuff. He goes, you know, like these guys got big punches. Like Domi could have put you out. He goes, don't 
yeah. bite Tony, twist Terry, don't do it, don't do it. Like he 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 really was serious. He yeah. grabbed me and like shook me. Don't do it. It's not going to be funny. Yes. It's not a novelty. We love you, but don't do it. <laughs> now you did it. Yeah. I don't know. And I did it, and it was like I, I haven't fought yet. Like I had a really bad start to my career for fighting in the NHL. I had two bad lo- losses. So I fought Raw Ray too, and he pounded me. But I haven't. Really, I had no confidence. So all night long, I'm thinking about Tony freaking Twist all night long because Chris Murray's watching tapes of him all night long. And then, so Tony must have saw my stats. Like he's a, you know he's a professional. He saw this young kid coming up with 108 pims and whatever. Yeah. So his first shift, he came after me. Right, after me. right yeah. off the bat, and you're right on the menu the just because you got penalty minutes. And he came after me, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm already like scared because I watched an hour and a half of him killing guys. Um, but if you watch the fight on YouTube, I uh, he grabbed me and I tripped on my stick right away. I fell. And then he was throwing these haymakers. He didn't hit me. He missed me, thank God. But uh, he, but I fell down right away and uh, we go to the box and I look over and he has his stuff off and he's jacked. He's probably about 250, just jacked. And I remember Darcy Tucker comes up to me he's like, Brownie, don't fight him ever again. <laughs> That's what he told me. Like, I didn't go after him. He came after me, Tux. And thanks for watching those tapes last night and got me all freaking freaked out. I know, me. I know. And Murr, Murr was like slight. Like, he used to have these great fights. I, I recommend to people listening, watch uh, Chris Murray, Steve McLaren at the 94 Memorial Cup. Yeah, I, I was there. I was on the team. Yeah, 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 you were, Brownie. I mean, they could. Uh, there's another guy. Chris Murray was so tough. So um, tough. He was so tough, man. And uh, I, I remember being on there and he fought Jeff Odgers and he broke his, his, his hand, but they were going and Odgers could really go. And, um, and Murr was such a nice guy. And, and I remember him doing that, too. I'd never seen anybody do that before. Sit there and watch. I don't want to do that. I don't want to watch the night before someone that's like, like, it just gives me too much anxiety. Fuck yeah, exactly. that. Yeah, right. I like to Fuck. Go, in the AHL, my first in the AHL, I didn't know when I just fought. I didn't know who anyone was or what they did. I just, I just did it. And I didn't want to. Then afterwards, I'm like, wow, that guy was pretty tough. I saw his stats. Oh, Christoph Oliwell. Oh, yeah, he's fighting a lot this year. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like just going at it. Like, cause I wasn't a killer, but, but I would fight anyone at any time and I would win some, lose some, but I, I, I had, I think I had balls to do it. But, uh, I, I like, I like you too. Like, I can go on a streak where I, I, I go to tough, tough guys and then go 0 and 3 and lose to some, you know, lower guys like smaller guys just that's the way how i fought but you were legit you were you were legit i was a middleweight fighting up i i think you could yeah you were you were nuts terry you you and, and you didn't hold on like langdon you just went toe to toe you just yeah. wanted to you wanted I, to put on a show or you just wanted to get it over with and <laughs> yeah well you like know me. i think early on when you start doing it you figure it out like i was kind of when i was playing junior i didn't know what was going to happen i was kind of i, I remember it's weird yeah. a lot of it i don't remember for years i don't remember a lot that i was thinking but i remember thinking specifically i remember think like really thinking about like how am i going to do like if i get punched in the face and i learned i could take a punch and i think that that gives you not an advantage yeah. but if you know yourself and you're not scared to take one and i knew my myself and so now i'm like i might have a bit of an advantage because not everybody thinks like that and he might be tough but I don't know if he wants to take it, so I'm going to give you 10, right? Like, they might not be as powerful as your one, but I'm just going to keep coming. And a lot of people didn't like that. And when you learn, you you know, Brownie, you were kind of a mix of both. Because you were fighting, I remember, like, 
I, I would fight up, but you were almost for a while in Freddie and like you were expected to fight Peter Worrell and George LaRock, right? Like, and, and, and I don't know, Mark Major and Ryan Vandenbush, you were kind of expected to. It was a little bit with me, but where you were a little bit bigger and had more penalty minutes yeah. and dealt with those guys like you. And you could deal with it, Brownie. I mean, my I was fighting not to lose. I learned how to not lose. As yeah, a, yeah. I knew I wasn't going to put these guys down, though. But you could kind of you could put them down if you hit them, and yeah. you had to get used to that, right? Yeah, yeah. Watching you, you're just you're tough. You just you just you want to put on a show for the boys, like and yeah. and, and you want to like sometimes when you like like when when you weren't playing much, you just wanted to fit. Yeah, you want to just be part of the team and you want to help out. That's <laughs> exactly like if, if you played a game in Montreal where you, you had two shifts that game, like and definitely fight. You're like you want to do something, right? But I want to. I want to have a meal after at courses. <laughs> I want to have a meal and a wine and whatever, or whatever it was. Beers, yeah. most bread. I didn't know much about, what, but I want to have that and feel like I earned it and be able to like talk yeah. with the boys. If I if I don't do anything, I don't even feel like part of the team, right? Um, yeah. But that's another thing. That's our mentality. And you know who does that a lot? If, if you'll ever notice, Milan Lucic. As yeah. soon as he goes, he fights like first game or two. Like he always. And I've heard him speak about that. And he's like, it goes right back to junior. I, I just felt like I wanted to contribute in some way and I could do that. And it does, though, sometimes take the weight off your shoulders, right? I mean, yeah, back yeah. then. Now yeah. I think it would be going out and, and, and just playing a gritty game. And I now you'd be more, you'd know what you were doing. No one even told us. Think about it, Brownie. Two first-round picks in a row. You had the, my first year in the A, the year before I missed a lot with a concussion. First year in the A, 34 fights. Like, no one was monitoring. Hey, you want to be a, like, no one told me this is what we want to do. We want you to go two way and then we're going to use you on the third line and then maybe on the power play. Or like, it was just like we were going in blind. I'm not complaining about the organization as much as the era, maybe. The thing is, it's changing now, right? It's changing. The yeah. game's changing. Like, I, I always say, like, it is kind of barbaric, like in the 70s, 80s. Totally. 90s, especially in the, in the minors. Like, like people think there's tough guys in the NHL, but you think back in the minors, how many tough guys there were who, who had to They're fight. They're all coming bare, through, man. Bare knuckle. Like, yeah. what other sport in the world fights bare knuckle? Bare knuckle. None. Punch. And, and we came through. And there. you're just knowing. Like, I think, like, people say hockey's in a bad, but I'm like, it's not too far. Like, like, and I get it. I love old school hockey, but, like, traditionalists will say, well, you got the fighting gone. I'm like, I don't know. There was... 313 fights last year dude like in a, in a sport like so it's kind of going like i remember kind of being i know i'm rambling but i remember kind of being offended i don't want to name guys out but i remember talking to jerome mcginla and shane doan at the draft going like you know we can fight guys why do you need someone to get one shift you know like i'm not i get it those guys were great in the room for the yeah. era i get it i get it but you can have tough players and you can still have fighting well, Without having this one person that yeah. is looking at well, me like how, a human meatball and before the game, you know, all the teams now, all the top teams on the show, who win, they're tough. Yeah, they got grip. It's like look at the best football teams; they have the best defense. They're tough. They're mean. No fighting, but you got to be tough. You got to have balls now to exactly. play. Exactly. And Brownie, no, you you still got to have balls. I say to people, I'm like the game I'm balls. watching. You guys say it's not tough, but the game I'm watching. Whoever wins each year. The fucking, let's just say defense. Let's just say the defense. If I'm a forward, honestly, Brownie, 
I didn't give a fuck about fighting. That's the truth. I I would be more intimidated isn't the word, but uh, uh, consciously aware that I'm playing against fucking, I'm a forward. I'm supposed to score in the smallest D over there, six, three. That's what I would be like. Okay. Cause how am I going to get to the net? You know, that would pose problems in my head as an attacker. Not so much. Who's going to fucking fight me. Whatever. Oh, that might happen. Like, like when, when the game was going to a two, two game, when back in our days, two, two in the third, there is no more fights in the last five minutes. Cause it's, it's a game now, yeah. but it's who gets to the net, who gets that rebound, who battles, yeah. who doesn't turn away. Who no, doesn't I, turn away? Who wants to go there? It's still a hard place to go. I don't give a fuck what you say, man. And like you know, when when there's a when there's a scrum and there's a whistle, who's looking away? You know, who's looking away or who's standing there saying "f you"? I'm, I'm, I want more, right? Like it's like as we know, as we played, we can go through rosters when we're younger. We know who the pretenders were, right? Yeah. You just know you can just smell it out and who the and, and who the real yeah. guys are. And the real guys are usually tough boys who who want to play hockey. Yeah, and played the right way. That's why today's game. I, I love it. They're all like all the guys on the third, fourth line. They're all they're getting bigger now. They're getting bigger. Yeah, the bigger and fast, and, I, and they can hit. And it's it's changing for the better. I I, I, totally I think we're that. getting to a happy medium. We are yeah. right. Like I, I I hopefully Ryan Reeves doesn't have to fight much this year. But I mean he's there. Matthews and Marner are out there. I I guess they got him for those guys. And yeah. you know I'm like. He and might help less, but he's he, and he can actually play though. This isn't someone that gets one shift. I mean, if I'm out there and Ryan Reeves is coming, that's gonna checker. hurt. He's gonna right? Hard. He's, he's a good four checker. checker. I think that's kind of where it went, and I'm fine with that. I, I totally am. I, I don't think people panic. I don't think the rough stuff is gonna whatever whatever you want to call that scrums, fights, hits, it's all gonna still be around. Like mm -hmm. I said, there's still hundreds of fights we're not talking 10 yeah, we're talking hundreds of fights yeah. more than any other sport and there's still a level of respect to it it's still hockey brownie i gotta take off i'm going to skate at uh noon and it was uh great talking to you again do you have anything to plug or promote uh zero zero <laughs> Just, okay you have, a, you have a great day terry i can't believe how old are you now you're 30 i'm 37 you're 36 yeah, there you go, thirty-six. And, and and you're still playing for the men's ball hockey team. I got the world championships in world a month champion. from now. Uh, nationals are in three weeks with Newfoundland and Worlds with Canada That's in a month. That's unbelievable. There's no friggin' way I can be running down court now. You never know till you try, Brownie. You never know till you try. You're the man. You're the man, bud. Okay, love you, brother. Okay. We'll talk again soon. Okay, take care. And there you have it, folks. The one, the only, Double B, Brad Brown. One of my real, real good buddies, you know. Uh, like I said, back-to-back first-round picks in Montreal. And in the midst of it all, the people who drafted us got fired. The people before us, being Jacques Demers, I guess, and Serge Savard, not I guess, that's who was the coach and GM, were picking... They were going for size, power, kind of a different era of Canadians hockey. Uh, they picked guys from the Western League like Turner Stevenson, David Wilkie, myself, Darcy Tucker, Aaron Asham, Brad Brown. You see where I'm going with that, right? And, uh, of course, there was the odd Saku Koivu thrown in and Valerie Bure because they're fantastic players. But I'm just saying that Montreal, um, you know, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96 even, they started to want to get bigger, tougher, maybe play with a little bit more spunk, okay? 
And uh, when uh, Patrick Waugh famously snapped, and uh, I'd just been drafted and left the bench for good reason. I won't get into that. Um, you know, everybody, they cleaned house. And the people that came in, I don't think we were as highly coveted on their list as the people that drafted us. So uh, it was, I'm certainly not throwing blame or, 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 or anything like that, whatever. They're, they're entitled to, to their opinion. And who knows, maybe they were right, but it left us all, I don't think they were, but maybe they were. Um, it left us all kind of in a bit of a bit of a limbo situation and all of our careers didn't seem as as positively solid as they were right before that. So, you know, we experienced all that together. And, uh, you know, to be a flailing first round pick in Montreal um, at the time wasn't particularly, yeah, I shouldn't say flailing really either because, I mean, God, yeah, I mean, we had good camps. We did what was asked. I had a rookie of the year in the minors. Brownie, I mean, talks a lot about fighting, but he was real solid. And a lot of teams wanted to trade for him. I remember it wasn't wasn't like it was a terrible experience. Really, it wasn't. It was it, we learned a lot, but it was it was great that we had each other. And I don't just mean Brad and I. I mean everybody I just mentioned. And and then Gordy Dwyer and Darcy Harrison on, on down the list. I mean, some of those guys that I played with are going to be my are my friends for life, you know. Um, the point wasn't really a complaint about the situation. The point is that all of that brought Brad and I and, and a bunch of us that were going through that, that were in transition from junior to pro and had this expectation as, uh, you know, an NHL player uh, and making that transition from the A to the N and all of that. And then eventually having to leave the game and uh you know brownie played five years in the minors east coast league included after the nhl um so it was a unique path i didn't really get into that with him but anyway you know there's a lot to point is there's a lot to absorb it's just not what you see on paper it's not what you see on the stat sheet um well i, I love what, what, what a lot of what stood out to brownie there was off ice stuff you know, he explained a lot of on ice, but we were kids growing up. You have to realize that. And hockey was the environment and we were working hard towards it. But, you know, these are, but the guys I mentioned that he played with, these are legends of the game. Not every accountant gets to work with the fucking best in the world all the time. Not every novelist gets to, you know, right with George Orwell and Orwell and I don't know, fucking Stephen King, pick your poison. Um, you know, but in hockey is just this in sports, I guess can't speak for the other sports, but it's the same. Seems that way, you know, that you can just play with some of the best in the world, your idols, uh, you know, work with play with, uh, party with train with live with, you know, all of the above. It can be overwhelming at times, but can also be something that you remember for life and uh, it shapes kind of who you are. You know, those experiences shape who you are. We wouldn't have done it if we didn't like it. And uh, hockey, like I said, still obviously pays off for us both. Obvious reasons with me, everything I do. And uh, like you said, you just heard Brownie's a, he's a coach, runs his hockey schools and uh, lives in Ottawa, still very much involved in the game. So thanks a lot, Brad Brown. 
And folks, we'll be back in just a few days. If you're downtown St. John's right now, get over to Greensleeves, get over to TJ's Pub, Rob Roy, Martini Bar, Bull and Barrel, and Trinity Pub. That's where I like to hang out. But uh, check it all out if you're in St. John's, Newfoundland. It's just a great downtown area we have. It's thriving right now with some great weather. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, why not do it at Blue on Water, Merchant Tavern, or Wedgwood Cafe. If you want to work out and change your attitude, change your life, strength and balance for the body and mind, Ryan Power, Power Conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. If you want to go to Mr. Lube, there's two locations, one on Camout Road, one on Torbay Road. Live, laugh, lube. Folks, every single day. As an aging athlete, I use Pitbull Pain Relief Sticks. They're incredible. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com now to check it out and see what all the fuss is about. Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit. True hockey, take what's yours. I'm about to use my true stick at my noon hour skate right here on the rock. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Excuse me. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in just a few days with more Tales with TR. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you on the rebound.